and here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Almost. The momentum. The Slide 18. Job. They make contact. The 18 in the wall. NASCAR, IndyCar, and all things motorsports. It's time for the left turn here on X106.7. Now, here's your hosts, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mayer. Welcome into the left turn. I am Jacob Blair. Alongside me is Trevor Mater. And Trevor, we had quite the day yesterday as NASCAR started off their playoffs. And the big news is that the 12 out of the 16 playoff drivers ran into trouble yesterday at Las Vegas. Yeah, kind of a, a really bad day for some, uh, a day that could have gone a little bit better for others, and then a day that went really well for a handful of drivers. As you mentioned, a couple guys find themselves in bad luck in the playoffs. Eric Jones, who started on the pole, got himself in a crash, as did Kevin Harvick, the same accident there. Chase Elliott as well, Denny Hamlin, all those guys finishing 30th on back. So some of them are in a hole there, Hamlin, Elliott, and uh, Jones. Harvick had enough playoff points coming in that he's still sitting pretty comfortably. But then there are a lot of guys that are playoff drivers that did struggle some. Kurt Busch, Jimmy Johnson, Clint Boyer, Alex Bowman, not the best of runs. So they've got to make up for it here in the next race. Well, every single driver you just mentioned was one of those drivers that was involved in an incident. As 12 driver, it was really Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, and Eric Almarola were the six that kind of stayed away from everything. Kyle Busch ended up uh, doing some lawn mowing on the infield of Vegas, was able to, to rally back for a seventh place finish, but got a lot of help with that Denny Hamlin. He, uh, the, the argument over the grass spins out, gets in the grass, and just destroys the front end of his car. So his day was done. Jimmy Johnson was in the wall at one point. Alex Bowman was in the wall at one point. Like you said, uh, Harvick ended up blowing a right front tire into the wall, collected Eric Jones. Eric didn't really have anything he could do there. Chase Elliott, same thing with him. Jamie McMurray ends up spinning out in front of him, and, and Chase doesn't have anywhere to go. So a, a, one of the... the one of the round uh, races in this round that shouldn't have been too much of a wild card should have been pretty straightforward it ended up being a crazy crazy race that saw brad keselowski pick up his third win in a row and after you started the season with it being kyle bush kevin harvick and martin Truex jr you've now got brad keselowski that's one three in a row he's starting to pick up those playoff points and really saying, hey, I'm going to be that fourth guy that's going to challenge you guys for the championship. And the Penske cars in general have kind of found some speed lately. Uh, they've finished four, first, fourth, and fifth with Logano and Ryan Blaney as well. And Kyle Larson's had some speed. He probably should have won at Darlington a couple of weeks back, and then he finished his second yesterday to Brad Keselowski. So maybe it's a little more open than we thought it would be going in. Obviously, the playoff points that Bush, Harvick, and Truex accrued throughout the regular season and the fact that those carry over will help them. But uh, maybe it's not quite as sure of a thing as we thought it would be. As Brad Keselowski, and it was a, again, we, we've seen this with him the last three weeks. He didn't necessarily start the race being the car to beat, but by the end of the race, he had the fastest car. Kyle Larson was there as well. It looked like it was going to be a Martin Truex Jr. show there in stage one, but, but he was able to, to find some stuff. When you have that many cautions late at the race, it kind of jumbles some things up. you got to be quick on pit road. That's where Brad Keselowski got the lead and then was able to drive away with the win. Yeah, and Keselowski, three wins in a row, and you go back to before that, hadn't had a win. Penske hadn't really shown the speed that they have been, and right now maybe he's the favorite going forward the way he's been running and the fact that a lot of these tracks we're getting to, he, he has a history of being successful at. Uh, he's maybe a, a sleeper pick coming coming into Homestead. 
And then if you're someone like Austin Dillon, who hasn't shown the speed this season other than his win at Daytona, which is really what put him into the playoffs, he finishes 11th, just stays out of trouble, and now finds himself nine points to the good and going to, to some tracks that, you know, if, if a couple of these other guys struggle a little bit, he could find himself in the round of 12. Yeah, and it's it's still, if you're a guy even like Eric Jones, who's uh, 78 points behind the leader, you're only 19 points out of 12th, and you look from from six on down, six through the field, there's 37 points separating them, 38 points, I should say, with Denny Hamlin in 16th. With how many points you can gain through winning stages and stuff, that's still pretty pretty gainable. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone like a Denny Hamlin or a Chase Elliott could make up some points. Um, but right now, definitely an interesting day in Vegas yesterday. And no one's really out of it with the stage points and with the bonus points. As everyone's still got the opportunity to make up some ground. You've got Richmond next week. There's those are, those are some good. That's a good track for some of the drivers that had issues. Someone like Denny Hamlin and. When you look at the way the race finished up, your top seven were playoff drivers. Then you had Austin Dillon in 11th, and then after that, it was Alex Bowman in 19th, Kurt Busch in 21st, Jimmy Johnson in 22nd, Clint Boyer in 23rd, all involved in accidents right there around each other. They were able to repair those cars and finish the race. That's why they were able to finish there. But then you got to go back 30th on back as four different playoff drivers finished outside the top 30. Yeah, and for three of those four, it does hurt them quite a bit. Like I said, Hamlin, uh, Chase Elliott, and Eric Jones. Kevin Harvick, with the wins he was able to accrue throughout the season, his playoff points, he should be okay. Unless something crazy happens at next week at Richmond as well, he should be in the good. But definitely a tough one for Eric Jones. I know that was a guy that was actually your championship pick because you feel like some of the tracks coming up, he does run really well at. And the way the big three have been racing with Harvick, Bush, and Truex, it someone could sneak in. I think it's either Kyle Larson or Brad Keselowski, but uh, right now Eric Jones has really got some work to do to not thwart your championship pick after the round of 16. Yeah, and the reason I went with Eric Jones is he just started showing some speed, and I thought the runs were going to start working for him. He gets the pole this weekend. He was running you know, top five the first part of the race. I don't know if he had a winning race car at, at Vegas on Sunday, but was going to have a good run. Uh, he talked about that a little bit. He, he said well, we're probably going to end up inside the top ten, and just now he's going to have some work to do. I, I think he'll be able to – he should, with the speed that race car's got, be able to work himself into the top 12. But as we saw with Las Vegas, anything can happen. And another point is your, your big three, other than Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick have issues. And this was my concern a little bit when – they weren't running as well the last three or four weeks is were they trying some stuff and the momentum kind of left those three drivers it, it's shifted obviously now to brad keselowski but racing and nascar is such a momentum sport that if, if you lose that it's really hard to get it back and i'm a little bit worried that kevin kyle and martin have lost a little bit of that momentum and i think they have and now that brings up the interesting question for brad keselowski when you've won three races in a row you've clinched yourself into the round of 12 do you try some different things? I don't. When I look at the tracks, I wouldn't think so because Richmond and then the Roval at Charlotte. You're not going to see other tracks like that on the rest of the playoffs. The only track that I think maybe you could compare Richmond to to get some things is maybe Dover and Phoenix. But even then, those tracks are two completely different animals. So, if I'm Brad Keselowski, I'm keeping the momentum going. Um, at, he's he's ran at Richmond many many times in the past. He's had a little bit of success there. And then the Roval is the ultimate wild card. There, no one's. I mean, they've tested this track, but no one really knows what to expect. 
when we get there in a couple weeks. Yeah, the, the Roval is really the race I'm looking at. I think a lot of people are going to look at that and maybe overlook Richmond a little bit because you kind of know what you're going to get there. You, you understand that racetrack. The Roval's the one everyone's worried about. So if you're someone like Eric Jones, you're going to want to get your points next weekend to not have to to use the Roval to the back you up to get into the round of 12. And real quick, Trevor, another thing that was interesting about the Las Vegas races, it was, this was the first year with Vegas in the, the playoffs, and it's the first playoff race versus uh, being, I think, believe Chicago land in the, in the past couple years. I, I kind of like, if we're going to switch out mile and a half, I kind of like going to Vegas for that first round of the playoffs. Yeah, it kind of gives it a postseason feel, I guess, with it being Las Vegas and the fact they had all three series there. Um, and the truck series there and, and their playoffs as well. It, it is kind of a neat thing. I'm not a, a giant fan of the track at Vegas, but it looks like they put on a pretty good show yesterday. And uh, interesting to see them go to that as the first track of the playoffs. Um, I personally would like to see it be a, a short track just because I love short tracks, but uh, I think they made a decent choice with Vegas. Yeah, that's a argument for another day uh, with the short track versus mile and a half argument. I, I agree. I think having more short tracks is, is always going to be the better goal. But if you're going to go to a mile and a half because that's what you want to do, I think Vegas was the good choice. And I think Vegas has slowly become a better mile and a half as it ages. We we see that with these racetracks when they're brand new, when they when they get those those new repaves or they're a little bit newer, the racing's not as good because you can't really move around. You're all fighting for well, the same line. We're now Las Vegas. It's got some character. And it's getting old, with, and there's a lot of bumps out there. We've seen that with Kentucky, too. I mean, you think of the first two or three cup races at Kentucky, I mean, it was the Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski show, and, and now those guys still have success there, but it's a lot racier, um, and we've seen the, the drivers maybe struggle with turn three more because some of the stuff they've done to it, but yeah, that's just kind of the way it works. And Las Vegas is really a, a sister track to several other racetracks. It's a lot like Kansas. It's a lot like you know, even a Charlotte or a Chicagoland, so th- that's why I really expected Martin Truex Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick to do really well there as they've got all those notes and again that just goes back to they've maybe been trying some stuff and haven't been able to get back to where they were at the midpoint of the season and the playoffs looking forward to to Richmond and the Roval to finish off this first round and really the rest of them I think are a lot more wide open right now even with this weekend with what happened Austin Dillon if he puts together a couple good runs we, we could see him you know go further in the playoffs than we thought. Yeah, you look at a guy like Clint Boyer, who's won at Richmond before. Eric Jones, who's had success there in the, in the Xfinity level. Um, it, Richmond's a little bit of a wild card, too. It's going to be under the lights. Um, you don't see a lot of, of night playoff races. The only time we've ever had one is the the Oval at Charlotte. And um, obviously, they're not going to run the Roval at night. That would be interesting, but they're not going to do that. So uh, Richmond kind of takes the place as a night race in the playoffs. And. Uh, Anytime you get Saturday night under the light short track racing, it definitely makes it really interesting and uh, tempers flare sometimes and guys get a little aggressive and over anxious. And that's the one thing about this playoff schedule we got is a lot of fans have been wanting some change in the NASCAR schedule and although we really didn't get any new racetracks, they're going to say, okay, we're going to try the Roval and we're going to put that in the playoffs. You wanted the... Yeah, everyone wanted a road course in the playoffs. Now it's in the playoffs. We, they, we switched some tracks around. Richmond's now in the playoffs. Las Vegas is now in the playoffs. We, we switched some schedules the way when we hit different racetracks. As we tried Talladega at the end of a, of a round. Now that's back in the middle of a round. I personally like that, but I can see why. I mean, if you're a car owner, a driver, a crew member, I can see why you don't like that. 
yeah, so they, they've done some good stuff. I think Vegas was a good way to start off the playoffs, and with the way everything went down, it really made for a interesting rest of this round. It did not go to plan for a lot of drivers. Again, 12 out of the 16 drivers found trouble at some point in the race. Seven of them were able to recover as the top seven were those playoff drivers. And then again, it was Brad Keselowski picking up his third straight win. He picked up the Southern 500, the Brickyard 400, and then wins this week at Las Vegas to lock himself into the round of 12. That'll do it for our talk about the cup race out at Las Vegas. And when we get back to the left turn, the IndyCar season wrapped up last night at Sonoma. And we'll talk about Scott Dixon picking up his fifth championship in the IndyCar series, as well as look at the IndyCar season as a whole. We'll get back to the left turn here on X106. And welcome back into the left turn. I am Jacob Blair. Alongside me is Trevor Mater. And we'll now shift over to the IndyCar Series as they ended their season at Sonoma. And it was Scott Dixon that claimed his fifth IndyCar championship. So congratulations to Scott. And unfortunately for IndyCar, it was not as dramatic as I think they were hoping as Alexander Rossi ran into trouble. Corner one, lap one. Yeah, it was a pretty boring race, wasn't it? Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray picks up the win, leading 80 of 85 laps. Um, championship battle between Rossi and Dixon. Unfortunately, not as close as IndyCar would have probably wanted it to. And I think it's kind of unfortunate for IndyCar, too. Anytime I've watched an IndyCar race this year, and I'd be lying and said I've watched all of them, but there's been excitement, there's been drama, whether it be everything that happened in corner one at Portland and then the strategy that came down to it. Uh, earlier on this year at St. Pete, when Sebastian Bourdais got the win, um, when Ryan Hunter Ray, Ray won, or did he win at Barber earlier this year? Is that where he won at? That Alexander Rossi went off the track while leading. Um, obviously, the Indy 500 was very exciting, but uh, just kind of an anticlimactic ending to what's been a really entertaining IndyCar season. But uh, kudos to Scott Dixon, five championships, and I think I mean we could uh, we could debate all day who the greatest IndyCar driver of the modern era is, but you got to think Scott Dixon's name is definitely up there if he's not the greatest. Yeah, five championships that's impressive in any series you run. And with with this race, it was unfortunate. Scott Dixon qualified well, qualified on the outside of the front row. It was Alexander Rossi that really from the beginning of the weekend he struggled in practice was I think just trying to, to find the speed to win the championship it was it was off track a lot in practice they made an interesting strategy decision in qualifying as in an indie car you've got two different tire options you've got the black side walls and the red side walls the, the red side walls are a little bit softer they're a little bit faster but they don't last as long and in qualifying you really have you really need to be on those red tires to, to get the best speed that's the one Scott Dixon was on Alexander Rossi he went on the black tires he ended up qualifying sixth and then on the opening lap he tried to do one of the same things he has done all season long Alexander Rossi has made some impressive and incredible moves this year and it finally caught up to him on Sundays going in and not even turn one it was just a little kink on the front straightaway at Sonoma before you get to turn one the, the second row checked up a little bit and he got into the back of Marco Andretti and it broke his front wing and he was able to get to pit road to change it without going a lap down but then the rest of the race Rossi was just playing catch up yeah we talked about last week I wondered how aggressive Rossi would be um, knowing that he had nothing to lose essentially and everything to gain and that it wasn't impossible for him to be able to gain it and 
unfortunately, it, he never really got the chance to show that aggression because things went south for him. I mean, in the first corner, and then he had to drive like a maniac the the rest of the the day, but still came up short. And it, it, one cool thing about the races was watching Alexander Rossi try to fight back through. He was able to get back up to fifth before I, I think he just overdrove everything. The tires fell off the car and he fell, I believe, ending up in the sixth position. It really didn't matter if he wasn't up there with Scott Dixon anyways, but some of the moves he made, he was dive-bombing guys all over the place, was dooring people in an Indy car, which really isn't something you can get away with all that often uh, down there in the, the final turn there at Sonoma. But it was a and it, the race at Sonoma, it didn't have a whole lot of strategy either. That's been one of the staples of IndyCar, and it really was a pretty straightforward race. The only kink that was really thrown in it was Graham Rahal uh, ended up with a battery issue and brought out a caution about halfway through, and that's it, that helped Alexander Rossi a little bit because he was able to get back into the, the field and start working through the field, but I think Rossi needed another couple of cautions to keep those gaps close, and he just kind of stalled out around that fifth, sixth position. Yeah, we talked about how double per points could help Rossi, and unfortunately ended up not really being a factor at all. Scott Dixon picks up the 2018 IndyCar Championship by 57 points over Alexander Rossi. Will Power finishes in third, 96 points back. Ryan Hunter Ray actually moved up a spot with the win. He finished fourth overall with 112 points back. And Joseph Newgarden rounded out the top five. Simon Pagano, former champion, just not quite the, the consistency and speed all year. But I think that's a, that's a guy that maybe in 2019 is going to be a little bit hungry. And a couple other things to, to close out the season for IndyCars. The future looks really bright. Yes. 25 cars were raced at both Portland and at Sonoma. You, you have some of these, these lower teams like Harding Racing. They brought two cars, and, and it was a great weekend for Patricio Award, Pato Award. Uh, the, the Indy Lights driver making his first start in an Indy car, qualified in the Fast Six, ended up ninth, and he really impressed his first IndyCar weekend. And you look at some of the younger talent in IndyCar, um, Robert Wickens, who we expect to make a full recovery and be back at some point, um, Spencer Piggott, who's had some really good runs. You mentioned Pat O'Ward. Um, even a guy like a Jordan King or a Zach Veach. These are young guys that are getting getting acclimated with the, Indy, with the IndyCar series and are good, going to be successful down the road, I think, because you think about it, Marco Andretti wasn't successful as soon as he jumped in IndyCar. Ryan Hunter Ray certainly wasn't. Um, it took Joseph Newgarden a little bit of time. But uh, I, I think the future of IndyCar is very, very bright. Yeah, some other guys. Uh, Santino Ferrucci ended up in the 11th position. And Colton Herta, he also made his IndyCar debut, finished 20th in that 88 machine for Harding Racing. And I think they talked about there's some news coming from Harding Racing. No one really knows what it is later in the week. Um, as well as Spencer Piggott was confirmed to, to go back to that 21 car next year. So we'll see Spencer Piggott back in the series. You've also got Pietro Fittipaldi that, that's had some decent runs. So a lot of cars and a lot of drivers, and it looks like that the car count is going towards the upward direction for IndyCar. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, the 2019 season. I know we talked a little bit about the schedule changes um, last week, and you know we'll get more into some of the silly season and stuff when it gets closer to time for the season to start yeah so looking at the indycar season as a whole trevor what was the best moment for the season because unfortunately it looked like it could be sonoma but it didn't end up being sonoma and, and obviously the indy 500 is a big one but throughout the season what was the, the best thing from indycar this year 
I think it, I think it was the Indy 500, and Will Power finally being able to to win the Indy 500. Will Power is one of the most successful drivers in the history of the Indy Racing League, but unfortunately, he hasn't. He might not ever have the stats to show for it, the numbers to show for it, or the championships. I mean, how many times has that guy been right there down to the final race in a championship battle and hasn't been able to get it done? Um, and to be able to put his name with some of the other uh, greats that have won the Indy 500 and, and how he won it, too. I mean, he's made himself into a really good oval racer. When he first came onto the circuit, he wasn't a great oval racer, but he was a really good road course racer. He's turned into a good oval racer. He won at Indianapolis. He won at Gateway. And uh, when he, the way he won at Indy, it was one of the more dominant performances of the Indy 500 that we've seen in a while. Yeah, I also agree that probably it's it's always going to be hard to beat the Indy 500 as the, the best moment of the year but really the whole month of it, of Indy Will Power wins the Grand Prix of Indy and then finally we have a real bump day back at Indianapolis where you end up with James Hinchcliffe not making the 500 field I thought that was it was unfortunate for him but it, it was a big moment for IndyCar when it showed how competitive everyone is and how close everything is when we get to silly season there's some hints, some some stuff that could be in the works. It's just all rumor and hearsay right now. Uh, but but IndyCar is extremely competitive. But one of my favorite moments from the year was actually the first race of the year at St. Pete. It was the you know welcoming party for Robert Wickens, and it was good to see Wickens release a, a video on social media talking to all of his fans, letting them know that he, he's now in his rehab program and he's got a long way to go. But it was his you know coming out party in the IndyCar series. You, you had Alexander Rossi make that move. Uh, on him and that really started the season for alexander rossi with the, the aggression you saw from him but sebastian bordet ended up winning that race i thought that was one of the, the best races of the year of a really exciting indycar season yeah and i think 2019 is going to be just as exciting uh, when you look at the schedule like we did last week you start off with five road courses you've only got a handful of ovals on the track only five of them but i think all five of them with indy texas iowa pocono and gateway are, are really they create really good racing in the Indy Car Series along with some of this young talent that could break out. Who knows what the silly season is going to look like? Who ends up where? But uh, it's going to be interesting, and hopefully they can pick up some of the momentum from 2018 and carry it into 2019. And when in regards to silly season, I don't think we'll see a lot of jumps from drivers from team to team. What I do think we'll see is new cars and new drivers to this series. I think that the series is going to continue to expand. Uh, and that, that's a good thing for IndyCar, and we're excited to see what 2019 uh, is in store for the IndyCar season. As again, Scott Dixon ended up winning his fifth championship for the IndyCar Series this season. Ryan Hunter Ray won the final race of the year at Sonoma. So we'll go ahead and take a quick break here on the left turn. When we get back, we'll go back to the NASCAR scene. We'll talk about the Xfinity Series and Truck Series from out at Las Vegas. Welcome back into the left turn. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you as we now look to, to the Xfinity Series and Truck Series out Las Vegas. We'll start with the Xfinity Series, and this one was all about the 42 car. And this week it was Ross Chastain back in that 42 car, and he absolutely dominated out Las Vegas. And that was really cool to see. Uh, Ross Chastain had a, a really good race at Darlington a couple weeks ago, and unfortunately got caught up in an accident with Kevin Harvick and uh, he probably had the car to win that race until that accident. And then Indianapolis didn't didn't have a, a run that was win worthy, and 
Then he comes out of Las Vegas, and he didn't just win. He put on a clinic on Saturday and picks up the win, punches his ticket into the chase, and it shows that this is a guy who has never maybe had the equipment to compete for wins, and now that he's got the equipment, he's got, I mean, what he could probably say is an opportunity of a lifetime to race for Chip Ganassi in a car that's more than capable of winning races. And he goes out there and he and he shows it. And this could be a career-defining race for him. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see Ross end up in the 42 car for the rest of the playoffs. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case because I know John Hunter Nemechek's probably supposed to still got some races on his schedule. Uh, but Ross, well, and I think a lot of that too comes down to you know contractual obligations and whatnot. So Ross will most likely be back in that four car and. I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of an uptick in that four car as well because he's now driven some better equipment. And but but my issue with this is this shows, and this is the second time we've seen this now. We we saw this with Ryan Priest. You see this with Ross Chastain. This shows that is it possible the best driver that the best young and upcoming drivers that we have to to maybe go to the Cup Series or even in the Cup Series now are not the, the best drivers we could have in these race cars. It it because to me you get this sometimes where it's you you have the best drivers on the track from a minority group in the world of racing. It's the guys that can afford to get there. And now we've seen, like I said, Ryan Priest, Ross Chastain. They get these opportunities to to get in these really good pieces of equipment, and then they go out there and they run really well and beat the rest of the field. And we've seen before too. We've seen that in the Cup Series. Look at a guy like Matt DiBenedetto. Um, you know, what could he do in a, in a top ride? Michael McDowell, anytime he gets in a, in a top Xfinity ride, whether it's with RCR or, or Penske or Joe Gibbs at a road course, he comes out and performs really well. Um, I always thought Dave Blaney was a guy that had he had better, better equipment and been on a better team, maybe he could have had more success. Um, you go to the truck series level right now, Brett Moffitt, perfect example. Now that he's in a, a really good truck with a stable team, he's showing what he can do. Um, and, and has a chance to really kind of rebuild his career, so to speak. Yeah, so like with Ross, Ryan Priest was in this one as well. He finished in the sixth position. And it. And when you guys got guys like Austin Sendrick and, and Christopher Bell, and you've got these young guys, and the difference between Sendrick and Bell is Bell was – you know, a dominating force in the dirt car world before he got to NASCAR. So the, the the trend that I like seeing in NASCAR now is we've got a lot of drivers that are proving themselves at lower levels that are getting getting opportunities at the higher level without having to bring the money to get the opportunity. That's the important thing I think that NASCAR needs to continue to do to give these drivers these opportunities because now Ross Chastain, he's proven he's got the, the talent and wouldn't be surprised to see him in a, in a top-tier Xfinity ride next year. I think it's a strong possibility, um, and I'm with you. I would like to see him be with Chip Ganassi racing the rest of the season, but unfortunately I'm sure with the obligations, and uh, I'm, I'm sure there's something contractually where John Hunter Nemechek's set run a race, uh, runs a set certain set number of races, but uh, I, I think he's a guy that he's he's never had the equipment that the other ones do, uh, where even a guy like a Christopher Bell or a Justin Allgaier that they have, and then you put him in this equipment, and he comes out and 
he's able to, to contend for wins and then pick up a win. And I'd like to see him in, in a full-time ride. To, to me, it would almost be a, a thought for Chip Ganassi, those races that there are contractual obligations that he can't put Ross in the car. Does he bring a second car? You've got the car sitting there. Does he put Ross in a second car and go have an opportunity to win an Xfinity championship? That's an interesting dynamic, and you're not wrong. I mean, they do have the cars sitting there with the opportunity to do so, and um, you know, and they ran two cars yeah, up with, until uh, this year with Brennan Poole and then Kyle Larson and, and a handful of other drivers last year. So, and you sh- I'm sure he could go out and get the sponsorship as well. I mean, they have a, a ton of different sponsors they use at the Cup and Xfinity Series level that uh, surely they could string something together for, for these last handful of races. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Matt DiBenedetto a little bit, you know, a couple minutes ago, and there, there's a couple interesting things with him, as we know that Trevor Bain, we kind of skipped this a little bit when you talked about the Cup Series earlier, but Trevor Bain for sure is out of the six car next year. We really don't know what's going to happen with Matt Kenseth. Also, Elliot Sadler, he's out at the one car. So there's some openings for a guy like Matt DiBenedetto or a guy like Ross Chastain, or even at Junior Motorsports now, um, to take over for Elliot Sadler. Yeah, and, and I've kind of read some of the, the silly season stuff, and, um, you know, I've, I've read rumors from Trevor Bain could go to Junior Motorsports and take over for Elliot Sadler. I've also heard that Noah Gregson could move up. We've seen that a lot with the Kyle Busch Motorsports truck series guys where it seems like Junior Motorsports comes in and takes them, and then they end up at Hendrick. We saw that with William Byron. Um, but I... I I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I'd like to see a guy like Ross Chastain get a full-time competitive rad at one of these top-tier teams, or Matt DiBenedetto, or a Trevor Bain even, because Roush has dropped off quite a bit. Yeah, and so that is the Xfinity Series from Las Vegas. It was our final regular season race, so we'll be talking about their playoffs here coming up in a little bit. And we'll now look at the Truck Series from Las Vegas. It was the second race of the round of eight for the Truck Series, and when you look at the Truck Series playoff, playoffs, you already have Justin Haley that has moved on to the round of six. And to everyone, that, and every, a lot of people, the two drivers that have already moved on are the two drivers that a lot of people thought probably wouldn't, as Grant Enfinger ran a really solid race at Las Vegas, used a really good strategy, and ended up uh, besting Johnny Sauter. Yeah, these are two, those are two guys that, filling out my bracket at the beginning, had we done it then instead of after Bowmanville, I would have probably had Haley and Enfinger out. Those would have been the two. Um, I thought if Grant Enfinger was going to win a race, it would be at Talladega coming up next. And uh, I had Stuart Friesen in my championship floor. You had Ben Rhodes. And right now, those two guys, they're on the outside looking in. Yeah, Stuart Friesen had a tough race. Is involved in multiple incidents. He ended up in the 17th position as Grant Enfinger ended up winning. Johnny Sauter second. But the interesting one is Justin Haley backed up his win that put him into the round of six with a third-place finish. He's showing a lot more speed and really kind of putting his name there as a possible championship contender. He really has, and, uh, you know, these next races are, are going to be crucial, obviously. Um, Talladega it doesn't necessarily mean anything to him because he's already clinched in, but he can still give him some momentum. Uh, we've seen him have success. He, he almost, and you could argue maybe he should have won the Xfinity race at Daytona earlier this year, if not for what was deemed an illegal pass. And uh, he's had success at on restrictor plates. And then he won a gateway earlier this year, so you get to a track like Phoenix or whatever later on down the road that's more of a short track or a mile track. Maybe he can parlor that into success as well. And the trucks, uh, a lot of guys that had good runs going earlier ran into trouble. Tanner Thorson 
really looking for a good run in that 20 truck ended up on lap two having an issue got into the wall uh Brandon Jones was involved in an accident, Todd Gilliland, John Hunter Nemechek. So a lot of guys had some issues in the truck series. And we talked about Rosh Chastain in the Xfinity series. He opted in the 15 truck for the truck series, a truck that did normally you're not seen. Uh, I believe he did, yeah. But you, you don't see that 15 truck anywhere really inside the top 20 hardly ever. And he ends up running seventh in that 15 truck. Yeah, he had a pretty good weekend, I think. Maybe a career weekend. Yeah, so the way the playoffs look for the Camping World Truck Series is now Justin Haley and Grant Enfinger, the two drivers that have already locked themselves into the round of six. And that's a big sigh of relief for them because the Truck Series drivers, they will have a month off, a month in between Las Vegas and Talladega. But Talladega is the final race of round the round of eight, so there's now six drivers, that being Noah Gregson, Johnny Sauter, Brett Moffitt, Matt Crafton, Ben Rhodes, and Stuart Friesen. They're going to have to deal with the pressure of finishing out the round of eight at Talladega. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about how earlier that Talladega is no longer the, the cutoff race for the Cup Series. Well, unfortunately for the truck guys, it still is. And restricted plates are always such a wild card. You can It's very easy to be a victim of circumstance or, or just the wrong place at the wrong time. When I look at the standings, um, jo- Johnny Sauter, barring an accident, is probably safe. Even with an accident, there's only 32 trucks that start in the truck series. So if he can at least make it to stage three, maybe pick up some stage points. He's If I'm Johnny Sauter, I'm I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. There's not going to be a whole lot of pressure on me unless it's just catastrophically I end up in a single truck crash on lap one. And if I'm Noah Gregson, I mean, you're sitting pretty well. Um, Right now you're you're 23 points ahead of the cut line, but there's not a ton of room for error. Same with Brett Moffitt. And uh, really it's kind of just who's going to get that last spot. Matt Crafton, Ben Rhodes, Stuart Friesen, 10 points separate all three of them. So, I mean, it's it's not completely out of the question that we could see Matt Crafton, who hasn't had the year that we've seen him have in years past, him maybe miss the bubble. But uh, it's gonna, I think it comes down to those three, and, and two of them get left out. Yeah, and with it being Talladega, like you said, Brett Moffat only 18 points above the cut line. He's nowhere near safe uh, with the, the total amount of points being available, being 60. Matt Crafton only seven above, Ben Rhodes seven back, and then Stuart Friesen only ten back of that cut line. So I expect a lot of movement in those standings. I, I don't. I think one driver that's in now is probably going to fall out. So it'll be a dramatic race at Talladega. Unfortunately, we've still got about a month to go before we get there. So it'll be a while before we talk about the truck guys again. And uh, when we get back to the left turn, we'll go ahead and take one more quick break. But when we get back, we'll talk about the Xfinity Series playoff bracket and as well as preview the upcoming weekend at Richmond. Welcome back into the left turn. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you. Is Now we will talk about the Xfinity Series playoffs as they will start their playoffs, the last of the three national series to get their playoffs underway, and that will start at Richmond Raceway this weekend. Your 12 playoff drivers are Justin Allgaier. He starts the playoffs with 2,039 points. Christopher Bell's in second with 2,032. 
and then everyone else is really kind of on top of each other in terms of points wise is just 11 points separate third through 12th in terms of bonus points and those drivers are Elliot Sadler, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain, Daniel Hemrick, Brandon Jones, Matt Tift, Ryan Truex, Austin Sendrick, and Ryan Reed. Your round of 12 for the Xfinity Series includes Richmond Raceway, Charlotte Motor Speedway, which will be the Roval as well for the Xfinity Series, and then Dover. That'll line up the round of eight, which is Kansas, Texas, and ISM, also known as Phoenix. Phoenix. And then your championship round will be at Homestead. So when we look at the 12 drivers, a lot of interesting things with the Xfinity Series. It's not really clear-cut who's going to make that round of eight. Yeah, there's really not. There's not any room for error. If you're Elliott Sadler on back, um, third through 12th, 11 points. There is no room for error whatsoever. Even Christopher Bell and Justin Allgaier, they're not completely out of the woods. You go out to Richmond and you have a, a bad race, and you find yourself right in the mix with two races to go just to get into the round of eight. I think if you're Justin Allgaier or Christopher Bell, you're, you can kind of already go and say we're going to make the round of eight barring catastrophe in like two races where they don't finish, which we haven't seen anything from them that's going to allude to that. But if you're everyone else you really have to be perfect through these first three races to make the round of eight and definitely this first one because you want to space yourself um because you'll, you'll get to the roval and we talk about this in the cup series we don't really know what to expect from the roval i mean these guys have tested on it some but they haven't ran an actual race on it well with the xfinity series is although the cup drivers cannot race in the playoff races that doesn't mean that teams can't bring in some some outside drivers to run the roval uh, so you get some sport car drivers maybe someone like andy lally and one of these other uh cars that you don't normally see up front that at road courses we do see up front or you have you know joe gibbs that that or Penske that puts someone in their car that's more of a road course expert, you will have that mix of drivers in the Xfinity yeah, Series. You know, a guy like an Alex Tagliani, um, James Davison, Connor Daly, we've seen those guys run in the past. So uh, Andy Lally's had some, some good runs on road courses lately and some maybe not so premier equipment. So that's going to be an interesting one for sure. Yeah, so the way the first round, the round of 12 works for the Xfinity Series, it's still you've got you don't really have that mile and a half like the the trucks and the cup series did you're going to have the three-quarter mile at richmond the roval at charlotte and then you'll have the one mile at dover to wrap that round up so trevor who are your eight drivers that advance the round of eight so i went through and picked race by race uh, richmond I, was, I really wanted to pick dale earnhardt jr to win at richmond just because it's that, that will be fun to, to see him back in a race car right. and have some fun uh, driving out there at Richmond. I kind of overlooked it. I think Christopher Bell, he won there earlier this year. He's really fast. He likes those tracks. I think he gets the win at Richmond. Like we said, the Roval, it's a wild card, man. But um, I, based off what I know is going to be there, three guys really stick out to me. Justin Allgaier, who's won two road courses this year. Austin Sindrick, who's been really, really fast at road courses. And then Matt Tift, who probably had the best car at Road America. Um, I, I picked Matt Tiff to win it and be able to get himself into the championship eight that way. And then uh, Justin Allgaier is so consistent at Dover, and he likes those one-mile tracks. I think he gets the win at Dover. My championship eight, I've got Allgaier, Tift, Bell, Elliott Sadler, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Brandon Jones, and Daniel Hemrick. Missing the cut, I've got Austin Sindrick, Ryan Truex, Ryan Reed, and Ross Chastain just because 
it sounds like I don't I don't think he's going to be in the 42 car. I think he's going to be stuck in the four car. And that is the wild card of the playoffs. If Ross Chastain is in that four car, unfortunately, I also have him not making the round of eight as well as the same as you, Ryan Truex, Austin Sendrick, and Ryan Reed. Those drivers have, have not really shown the speed. Austin Sendrick just does not have the luck right now to even make it three races without having an issue, and that's just kind of the way his season's gone. So for me, it's also Allgaier and Bell. I think Allgaier will win at uh, Richmond and the Roval. I, I think Allgaier's been on a roll right now, and then at Dover it'll be Christopher Bell that ends up with the win, and everyone else will point their way into the round of eight. Then in the round of eight, again, it's Kansas, Texas, and Phoenix. So two mile and a half, and then the one mile at Phoenix. And I don't remember for sure, but is it the first time we'll see the new uh, start-finish line at Phoenix, or is that next year? I don't know. I um I'm not 100 percent sure. I should know. I think it might be next year. I think it's next year. It's so on NASCAR Heat Three because yeah, we they they've been talking about moving this now for over a year. So you, you kind of think, well, is it going to be this one? I don't think it is. I think it'll be the, the first race at Phoenix next year. I will say I, I did play it on PlayStation the other day with the new finish line. Not a fan. Hopefully, it's better racing for them. But I, I didn't like it. Yeah. So again, it's Kansas, Texas, and Phoenix or also known as ISM, uh, the, the, the round of eight. So, Trevor, throughout that round in the Xfinity Series, who makes your championship for? I think Christopher Bell wins at both Kansas and Texas to, to get it done, and then I think Justin Allgaier gets the win at Phoenix. He runs really well there. He won there earlier this year, if I remember correctly. And I think on the outside looking in is Elliot Sadler, Brandon Jones, Matt Tift, and Tyler Reddick. And I think your championship for it is Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, Justin Allgaier, and Daniel Hemrick, who get, gets in on points. Yeah, I think Christopher Bell wins at both Kansas and Texas as well. Those Gibbs cars are fast on half, uh, one and a half miles. Allgaier wins at Phoenix, and I agree with the championship for it. It's Justin Allgaier, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, and Daniel Hemrick. Those have been your four fastest cars. Elliot Sadler, to me, is the one that can, can sneak his way in there. He's a, he's a veteran. It's his last season. He's going to be stepping away at the end of the year, so there's going to be a little bit more fire under him. Maybe he can sneak into the championship four, but I think it's going to be Algaira Bell, Custer, and Daniel Hemrick. And then they'll go to Homestead, where all three championships will take place. And we've already talked about the Trucks and Cup, but now we can talk about Xfinity. So, Trevor, who's your Xfinity champion for 2018? I think the common pick is going to be Justin Allgaier. Um, just He's having a career year. Christopher Bell won the Truck Series Championship last year, but I'm going to go with the guy that won the Xfinity Series race last year uh, at Homestead. Cole Custer put on a pretty dominant performance last year at Las Vegas. He led over 160 laps to, to pick up his first career win. This is his double zero card that has been sneaky consistent all year. His last 10 starts, he's had nine top 10s. The other one was at Wreck at Indianapolis. Um, he's been in the top five a lot this year, and uh, he's familiar with Homestead. He's had success there, and I think he's able to get it done in a one-race scenario. Yeah, it, with it being one race, I think if it was a round of, of three for the championship, you could throw Daniel Hendrick in there because he is one of the most consistent drivers on the series. He just can't seem to find a way to victory lane. So I don't think Daniel Hendrick will get it done. The, the two guys that, that are there, Cole Custer, he's going to be really fast. Christopher Bell, it's his style of racetrack. He, we've seen the guys that, that run dirt do well at Homestead. Christopher Bell is one of those guys, but I think it's going to be too hard to beat Justin, Justin Allgaier. It just seems like his year this year. I know the, the numbers 
and the way these guys drive support Bell and Custer a little bit better. But I think Allgaier ends up winning your championship at Homestead to wrap up the NASCAR season. So we're now all all three of the NASCAR series are in playoff mode, and it, we're going to get down to it, and it's going to be a good nine week, nine or so weeks here to wrap up the NASCAR season. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to, to keep an eye on it. Yeah, so when we get down to it, we just got a couple minutes left in the left turn here, and the, the the playoffs and the way they work, it's an exciting time in NASCAR, and this was brought about to, to try to make the end of the season more exciting. I really think it's done that. I've really mm-hmm. grown to enjoy the way NASCAR has set up these playoffs. Yeah, and there's going to be people that are going to complain about them that, uh, you know, on paper, four years ago, Justin Allgaier would probably be a race ahead in the point standings. But now it's going to come down to Homestead, and we're not going to know who the champion's going to be. There's going to be one of four guys. We're going to know that much. But in a one race, it'll be a one race scenario. And what we've seen at Homestead, almost, you know, and especially the Cup Series, is those four guys, really the guys that are going to be up front racing for the win. They bring their best stuff. It brings the best out of people. And the one concern I had when this was first announced several years ago with it being the, the championship four is it's one race. As a racer, you know, and knowing this as being a racer myself, you know that anything can happen in a race car. It's not just, you know, with football, how well can I throw the football? There, there's mechanical things. There's we, we saw this week at Las Vegas, there's tire problems. There's so many things well, that can go into it, but we really haven't seen that come into play at Homestead. All four drivers just, they bring their best stuff, and they're able to get to the race and just race it out. The only one that sticks out to me is you go back to the first year of the, the Cup Final Four, and uh, Joe Logano probably had the, the car to beat, Caution comes out late in the race. They go in to change change four tires, and they drop the jack, and it kind of put him behind the eight ball. That's the only one that really does stick out to me, that it was something that was completely out of his control that cost him a championship, perhaps. Yeah, but, but with that one, it, it was racing that, that caused that issue. It wasn't a, a mechanical failure, which is what I was worried about. So for the Xfinity Series, the Go Bowling 250 will be on Saturday on the NBC Sports Network, 250 laps, and that will get started at 6.30. And then for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, they will be running the Federated Auto Parts 400. That one is I got that backwards. Friday for the Xfinity Series, Saturday for the Cup Series. We're doing night racing. It's been a while awesome. since we, we've uh, seen that. So 6.30 as well for the Cup Series on the NBC Sports Network. So a big weekend of racing in NASCAR as it's playoff time. And that'll do it here for us on the left turn for Trevor Mater. I'm Jacob Blair. Thank you for being with us here on X106.